What's good, everybody, and welcome to another episode of the Amatelica TIS podcast with your host, yours truly, Josh Shields. Got a good show here for you on this Saturday, April 24th, the year 2021. Got a good show here for you today. Uh, first, I get to a couple of things in the NFL I, I got uh, want to give my opinion on, excuse me, and a couple of NBA things, James Harden, Kevin Durant, or excuse me, Anthony Davis in particular, and also give you my thoughts on Derek Chauvin, who uh, this past week uh, was found guilty, who was, uh, the verdict was guilty in his trial of the all three charges uh, that was brought against him in his role of the death of George Floyd that took place uh, last uh, late May. But before I begin, and I started and to start the show in a little bit of a uh, different uh, change of pace just for a change, um, the reason why, and I sincerely apologize, there was no episode for the 20 of you all out there that listen, uh, Mike in Orange County, uh, you know, couple of my, uh, you know, pick a few people on Twitter, um, I believe uh, uh, Josh and our and Brandon Knapp, our pals, friends of the uh, podcast show, their father listens to that show, uh, Colin Russo, uh, Jacob Bull, Ian, my, uh, bu- uh, my brother Ian's uh, baseball buddy, um, uh, um, let's see, who else listens, uh, Brendan, friend of the uh, podcast show as well. Uh, my buddy Maurice down at uh, Coastal Carolina in the Carolinas. Um, let's see, anybody else? I mean, there's only there's only twenty people that listen to this uh, dopey show, so it can't be that many. But um, uh, you know, a couple of couple of people that hit me up on uh, over the internet. I don't have your uh, names in front of me. I apologize, but the uh, twenty of you all out there that enjoy uh, spending about anywhere between an hour to an hour and a half to maybe two hours, two hours and a half of your time listening to my show. I greatly appreciate it. And my sincere apologies for not having an episode on Wednesday, but um, not because of not because of my lack of, well, it's partly my fault because uh, I need to get into the habit of posting these episodes earlier in the day, you know, not wait, not post these episodes till 12 midnight, one o'clock in the morning, Wednesday, heading into Thursday on the East Coast. And and this one prime example, uh, late hours of Saturday here in the East Coast, still right in the middle, not middle of the night, but, dur- you know, right in the thick of the night for Mike and Orange County out there three hours west uh, in Southern California, but if you listen to this show, most more times than not, you you'll get you've heard a lot of episodes in the wee hours of Sunday, if not uh, Thursday morning, uh, of this show, which is something that I take full responsibility of, something that I need to change, and something that I will have fixed. I will take full responsibility and raise my hand and take full accountability of that. These episodes need to be out. You know, no, I should set a deadline for myself. These episodes should be out no later than uh, ten o'clock, ten o'clock Eastern time. Uh, if all, you know, as as uh, as much as, as much and as best I possibly can. Um, you know, t- no later than ten uh, in the East for uh, on Wednesdays and on Saturdays. That is my fault. I try to get these episodes out in, uh, if not uh, sometime in the 
late morning, midday, definitely sometime in the afternoon. So I take full responsibility of that. Um, but that is where uh, the blame of me uh, will end. Because, yes, I should have uh, recorded recorded earlier in the day on Wednesday. But can, but I, I can't cry over spilled milk except I will. Because on Wednesday, I had a nice and, and, and the good thing and nothing big happened. Nothing major for me to talk about on a quote-unquote national level has happened within the last few days. Because I can essentially use what I was going to talk about on Wednesday here today on Saturday. And and sadly, I have to repeat myself on a couple of topics that uh, I already gave my uh, two cents on. But the only person that heard me, uh, given you know, with me giving my two cents on a certain uh, scenario or topic in sports, in this case the NFL, is me and God because no one else heard it because I was right in the middle of uh, I was right in the middle of making a of making of going to. Uh, the new rules, the there's a few, not major, but a few little uh, intricate rules that were uh, that will take place beginning in the 2021 NFL regular season. And I was looking to go to Adam Schefter's tweet to get that, uh, which again, poor job on my part. I should already have that uh, tweet queued up by the time I uh, by the time I go go for it and go to it as a topic of conversation in the show. But so I'm going there while I'm speaking, and while I'm doing that, I got I, my phone. I got my iPad, which is the device that I record my shows on. Um, if anyone wants to ho- hook me up with that, with that road, with that road or road a r o d e, uh, the you know that that podcasting system, please, 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 please don't hesitate to send it over yours truly's way but i'm recording it via the anchor app on my ipad which i got at least the ipad pro i think is what it is or the air whatever one it is i could look it up um which is from well matter of fact let me see if i can do that ipad let's see um ipad pro that's what it is uh an ipad pro 9.7 inch which i got for christmas uh Christmas of 2017 is when I got it. So it's a few years. So this upcoming Christmas to me, it will actually, matter of fact, it's three It's three years old. This Christmas 2021 will be four years old, but you get the idea. So, and I'm looking for Sheffy's tweet and I'm doing it at the same time. I'm trying to see what uh, where I can pull it up fastest on my phone, on my iPad or whatever. And I get to, and I get to Sheffy's tweet and for all, and for whatever the reason, the the uh, my Twitter app cuts out and my Anchor app cuts out. You ever been scrolling through your phone or scrolling through your iPad and all of a sudden and all of a sudden your phone glitches and it cuts out of whatever app you were in and takes you automatically back to the home screen. Yeah, well that's what happened to me. And it and then and then I find out that while I'm mid sentence, it cuts out my recording. Right, right in the middle of mid sentence, you know, my recording stops right there on a dime. So I go through, and I'm like, all right, well, it cut out. All right, it sucks. I got to go back and edit it later. But let me see, let me see the recording so I can listen to it and figure out where at what point it cut out at. Until all of a sudden, it isn't playing. You know, you can't play. And it's like error. You know, error failed to play or something like that. And I restart. 
clicking. Not working, not working. Then I'm getting a little nervous. So then it's like, maybe if I, so then I go, maybe if I can export it into my audio files within my iPad system and then import it, maybe it'll work that way. I tried to export the audio file and then import it back in. Didn't, didn't, didn't load up, didn't boot up, didn't work. Go back on the audio files, try to play it. You can't play for whatever the reason you couldn't play the video. Video wasn't working. So and at, and at the time that and the time that this is going on, this is a, this is a little after twelve midnight Wednesday night, heading into Thursday morning on the East Coast. So and I and I'm about halfway through my show yet. And what I don't and and I do not and I can't find it. I cannot. I could not get the audio. It was like a 40, 45 minute segment. I swear to you, the best uh, audio, the best podcasting I've ever done since I've began this stupid show back in September of 2018, all gone at the drop of a hat. 45 minutes worth, and it, and it's it's gone. No way I can get it back. No way I can reboot it. Reboot nothing. It's gone. So I and so I'm, so I'm pissed as all can be. It's in, by the time I accept the fact that it's so I, you know I I restart the app, reboot the app, restart the iPad, delete, then re-download the app again. Can't you know doesn't work on there. Go to my i go to my iPad. Excuse me. Go to the Anchor website on my computer. And see see if it's there in my account database. Nowhere to be found. So by the time I get through all of these charades, it's like twelve four. It's about a quarter to one. And I'm pissed off because my 45 minutes of audio was gone. No way in the world I can get it back. I'm not even about halfway, not even halfway through my show yet. And rather than staying up to, and rather than staying up screaming and yelling, yelling at the top of my lungs at two o'clock in the morning, when my brother and sister had to get up the next morning to, you know, sit on Zoom for eight hours, rather than rather than wake them up. And because I'm because I'm pissed off and annoyed and stay up till about three o'clock at night after finish you know having to repeat myself which something which if you know me something I hate doing especially if it's especially if it's like in in this setting where I have to like intentionally kind of be quote unquote scripted in order for you all to get my main points of what I have to say and I can't stand doing it so I I was I was annoyed as all can be still wasn't done. Still wasn't done talking about what I was going to talk about, and then my recording is gone and and can't be recovered. So as a result, I go to bed vehemently dismayed and angry and pissed off. No episode for the mics for the Mike in the Orange Counties and the Brendan Dillons bouncing around that uh, that college campus up in Williamsport, Pennsylvania. He does not. He does not get a chance to hear his favorite little sports talk podcaster babble away about uh, about the uh, you know about how the New York Yankees can't hit. And it's funny. And I and that's another thing that bothers me. I did a I did a nice little twenty minute opening monologue on the A's, the Astros, and the Yankees. And because that episode, and because essentially the meat and potatoes of that episode got wiped off the face of the earth, I couldn't use that. I couldn't use it, and I can't. And I can't put audio that I used Wednesday, Wednesday evening, Wednesday night to an episode on Wednesday uh, to an episode on on Saturday because quite a few days have passed. 
Now, now, and I talked about the A's winning streak, which at the time I'm recording, it's still going on right now because the Orioles cannot hit their way out of a paper bag when they play at home, and their starting pitching is absolutely atrocious. So that still stands, but who wants to hear me give commentary on a game that's about three, four days old? The Astros, I got all over them. They seem to find their winning ways after beating the brakes off the uh, off the Angels on Saturday night. And the New York Yankees all of a sudden have have uh, rediscovered how to win again. And they're starting to get into a little bit of groove. And I killed the Yankees for 15 minutes. So I got so I got audio I got audio on three baseball teams that had a nice little lead going for you. The A's on the winning streak, and the Astros and the Yankees who at the at that point in time, couldn't buy themselves win. Now all of a sudden, the Astros and the Yankees all of a sudden have figured out how to win again. Uh, Oakland A's, albeit their winning streak is still going as we speak, but who wants to hear me give commentary on their uh, on their extra innings win on their extra inning on their high scoring extra innings win against the Minnesota Twins? That's about three four days old. Who wants to hear, who wants to hear that? You know, on late on Saturday night, Sunday morning, when they already begun a new series and are in a totally, you know, and are playing a totally different team in a totally different series on a totally different day to begin a new week. Who wants to hear that? So that got thrown out the door. My commentary, which which I will have to repeat myself in this episode again because because I really wanted to get this off my chest and into the ether for you all to listen to. I got to repeat myself for that coming up after uh, coming up after our first break. It's the second segment of the show. So as and 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 I and I have to and I didn't even get to the last uh, segment or two, last two topics or two of what I was going to discuss on Wednesday. I, I didn't even discuss that because I went to bed all. Annoyed, so that is a little. That is a little has a little bit of a uh, age to it. So a topic I didn't even have a chance to discuss on Wednesday and early Thursday. I will discuss with you right now here, late Saturday night and possibly Sunday morning, whenever you're listening to this dopey show. And I bl- again the preparation and the and the lack of preparation and putting up these episodes late put me in a bind where if something goes wrong and I get annoyed, I got to go to bed angry instead of sticking through it like a trooper and re-recording it again, that falls on me. What doesn't fall on me is the fact that Apple and a piece of garbage, garbage technology that when you launch multiple apps or have one or one or two many things going at the same time, the app, the 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 uh, the device craps out on you and ends everything you you know you had launched and takes you back to the home screen and I also blame Anchor who is too busy promoting all these other dopey idiots podcasts you know who do not have who do not have an energetic intriguing uh, enthusiastic bone in their body listening to them talking to a microphone is the equivalent of listening is of listening to is, is the equivalent of listening to birds chirp in the middle of the woods on a on a nice may after on a nice may afternoon you know during you know uh on a saturday they have no energy they have no pizzazz they have no personality and nine times out of and nine times out of ten unless it's my girl ashley graham they have absolutely nothing interesting to talk about believe me nothing 
And instead of promoting them and promoting their dopey little show and giving away these gift and giving away these gift these gift bags and, the, and these little goody gift bag things, which I have not gotten by the way, with the nice little anchor mug on the front and the little anchor hat and all this you know cool little anchor anchor merchandise, which they still have not uh, given yours truly by the way. Instead of giving them out to these no counts and these nobodies and having them reposting it on social media and these asinine Instagram stories and everything else. They should be more focused on building a decent app so when my stupid iPad craps out at 12.30 in the morning while I'm mid-sentence discussing why Patrick Mahomes will never be the greatest quarterback of all time, which I will address after the break, to put a decent app together so when my iPad goes kapooey, I can go back to my app and and go back to my audios and and... And play my audio so I can put it in the podcast so that 20 of you all out there have something to listen to. It bothered me. Really bothered me. Instead of farting around with stuff that doesn't matter, fix your stupid app. Okay? No reason in the world why my audio clip essentially goes up in smoke because my iPad decides at the most crucial time and crucial point in the show... It took for it to crap out on me. Piece of crap iPad. And that, and Apple's very dubious with this stuff anyway, because they essentially because it's almost like they 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 hacked the systems of their uh, of their products, their their older systems, their older generations of their products, and they essentially hack it and essentially make it go bye bye quicker, so the so the American consumer can see it, have a low tolerance for, have a low tolerance for uh, technologies and ineptitude and go run and race to the Apple store or Best Buy or wherever and buy the newest hot Apple thing on the market and and and, and have them uh, and have them pay Apple an arm and a leg for it. And anchor with the stupid with, with you know with their app not work with their app not working and having their audio essentially go up and flank go up and smoke. Really bothered me. Again, I'll take accountability for the lack of time for not for not having better time management and you know doing these in the in the late night hours. But no reason in the world why my iPad fails me and why Anchor couldn't pick up the Anchor app could not pick up the slack. They just got bought out by Spotify and Lord knows Spotify is worth billions. Every single time I turn, every single time I turn around, I, I can't get through a stupid playlist on Spotify without hearing some dopey, without hearing about some dopey ad that no one gives a crap about. So I know they're making plenty of money with the ad revenue and, and plenty of money with these with these other no count, uh, quote unquote, hot one hundred uh, music stars that are out and putting their music on Spotify. My gosh. Anyway, had to get that off my chest. An interesting, let's pick an interesting route. Stay away from the baseball. Let's do a little something different here. Give you a decent monologue here at the top. Um, and it might be weird, but hey, what the heck. And, and this is, I'm just going to just put this out there. You know, can we stop as a society... Not even as society, but as but as a country, and as the American people, can we stop with celebrities running? 
for public office to become politicians? Can we, can we can we stop this, please? Can we stop? You know, it came out the other day that Caitlyn Jenner, that Caitlyn Jenner, uh, is running for California governor, which again, and from what I've seen, again, I, in case you all don't know me very well, I wouldn't watch Keeping Up with the Kardashians or anything. Kardashian slash Jenner related. If you filmed the Keeping Up with the Kardashians or put Kylie Jenner's little dopey asinine YouTube videos in my front yard, I would draw the I would draw the blinds, pull the curtains in closed, and leave the house. Wouldn't want anything to do with them if the fate of the universe depended on it. None. And from what I've heard, what I've seen on the internet is that, and I'll put it to you nicely so the politically correct police doesn't come crashing down my door calling me a transophobic, trans, whatever the hell the dopey term is. Caitlyn Jenner, from what I've seen and from what I've heard, is not, to put it nicely, the sharpest knife in the drawer. And we, and again running for public office in one of the biggest most money making states if that's a phrase it is if it isn't it is just go with it damn it running for governor in one of the biggest states and probably one of the most populated states in this country and we have a former Olympic athlete who became an old man for whatever the reason who became, you know, an Olympic athlete old man, now old woman and we got him who's, who's, who's tied in with that whole Kardashian-Jenner fiasco and we got, and we got, and we got Caitlyn Jenner now Running for governor in the state of California. Are you kidding me? Are, are, are we kidding me? To run one of the biggest, if not economically... What's the word I'm looking for? Um, is successful the right word? I don't know. But California is a big deal. Hollywood, you know, that... Hollywood, Los Angeles, and all the money that's made just in that city alone. San Francisco, Oakland, San Diego, Los Angeles, Anaheim. Now, want me to keep going? Sacramento. You, I mean, you want, you, want, you want me to go down the list? California, California is not Maryland. It's, it's a pretty big state. I mean, I mean, my God, man. Running for governor? Really? This is what we're going to do now. Because American politics and us as a country, our standards have sunk so low. So low. They, our standards as a society and as an American people have sunk so low. 
and we are and we are beneath 50 feet of crap so badly that we have Caitlin bleeping Jenner running for governor uh, in one of the most populous states in our country's history. Are you freaking kidding me? Can we stop? I beg of y'all. Can we stop with celebrities running for public office? Did we not learn anything from the past four years when we had a reality TV star as president of the United States? Did we not learn anything from the past four years when we had that hotbed of reality running the United States of America? It has literally been a year since he was sitting up in the in the in the press briefing room, simply talking about if you shine sunshine in your body or inject yourself with with uh, with toxic cleaning products, you'll heal yourself. you you will heal yourself of COVID, and saying COVID's a hoax, this that and the other. Don't wear a mask and blah blah blah. Wasn't that long ago, folks? Just last year, around this time last year, last April, April twenty twenty. Really? We just went through a, a four-year tailspin of putting up with that garbage. And we might have to deal with it with, at, to a lesser extent with the state of California. Are you kidding me? What in God's name does anyone with the last name Jenner or Kardashian know about politics, running a state, Government, civics, or anything relating to the common American people, such as you and I. What do they know about anything in regarding to those categories I named you? What do they know? What do they know? Not a goddamn thing. Nothing. They know nothing. Absolutely, positively nothing. Why, as a country, has our standards sunk so low that we need celebrities, people who provide us and who are sources of entertainment to run our governments and to be people in charge making decisions that, that affect lives of the inhabitants of the of the place that they uh that the of the place that they govern each and every single day. Did we not learn from the past four years with Donald Trump? Why in God's name, why on God's green earth do we have Caitlyn Jenner running for California governor? Why? Why is it even allowed? People go to school for this. They study for this. They should work their work their ways up to this. Don't get you just throw your name in a hat because you have a certain last name and you're worth X amount of dollars. She knows nothing about anything. Nothing. N O T H I N G. Nothing. Why is this a thing? Why is talks of Matthew McConaughey, who I like. You know, the mm -hmm, 
I like him. But why are we having talks about him being governor in the state of Texas? Again, a large state with a lot of people in it. That has a lot of money, ec- you know, a lot of econo- you know, a lot of economics and a lot of, you know, icky, not icky, but a lot of serious stuff that happens that goes through in and out of that state. Not talking, and I'd still be against it, but we're not talking about running Delaware, New Hampshire, or Rhode Island. We're talking about California and Texas, the the two largest states in the United States of America that holds a lot of people that has a lot of that have, that both states also hold a lot of economic value to this country and we're talking about having a transgender olympic athlete with a certain last name that with a certain last name that is addicted to ridiculous amounts of attention and we have another guy who is from Texas went to the university of Texas but is better known and better off at being a movie star and standing on the sidelines at Texas uh at Texas college football games cheering on Vince Young back in the day why is this a thing why is this Jenner running for California governor a thing? Why is Matthew McConaughey running for Texas a thing? Again, I like Michael, but what the heck does he know about about being in government and government in general and running for public office and politics and civics and history and everything else and law? What do they know about it? They get paid millions of dollars to entertain, not to not to be politicians. Quit making and quit asking your celebrities to be your politicians. That's what politicians are for. And just because you like them, just because they're great on camera, just because they're great in the public eye, just because they know how to entertain you or make you laugh or make you cry or make you smile or make you sing along, doesn't mean that they should be running states and being and holding public office in forms of the American government. That goes for Trump, that goes for Jenner, that goes for McConaughey, that even goes that even goes for Dwayne the Rock Johnson. Why do we want these celebrities, people that we like, people for the most part outside of Jenner, but people that we like, people that we admire, people that we imitate, people that we and as in a, you know, in a sense, for a few people, look up to. Why do we want them in politics so badly? Why? I bet I'm begging and I'm dying to know why. And did we not learn from the last four years of Donald Trump where that got us? Do y'all do y'all need that much of a reality check? I understand it's one state and it's governor, not president of the United States. But did y'all? But did we really learn anything from the past four years? Hell, not even the past year. Did we not learn anything from what we all just went through as a people and as an American society? Do we not learn anything? Can we stop having celebrities run for public office, please? Takes work, takes commitment. A lot of stick-to-itiveness. It's not as easy as it looks. It's time-consuming. It's mentally and emotionally draining. Come on. 
Let's let's do better. Wait, please. Can we be better? Can we be better? We stop having celebrities running for public office. Whether it's governor, president of the United States, sick of it, tired of it, and done. I'm not I'm not doing it anymore, I'm not putting up with it anymore. Nah. Uh-uh. They're celebrities, not politicians. Don't get it twisted and keep them separate. Celebrity, politics, don't mix. Keep them separate. He did not know anything about anything about when it comes to running a state or running a community or running a a large populated group of people in the form of a democratic government. None. None. No idea. I'd like it and I'd feel better if the people of this union would not sink and lower their standards so low to a degree that we have to rely on celebrities to run and be in charge in our public offices of government. Have some standards, have some decorum. Not everything is meant to be a joke. Not everything is meant to be entertaining. Not everything is meant for entertainment. Keep them separate. I don't want to see Dwayne Rock Johnson as president. I don't want to see Matthew McConaughey, the governor of Texas. And I, and I don't live there. But I sure, as I'm standing here right now, and as sure as my name is Jaya Shields, I don't want any Jenner, any Kardashian, any anyone of those two, of, with those two last names, anywhere near public office of any state or any territory in this godforsaken United States of America. And that includes Kanye West too. You got the message? Good. Take a break. I'm going to repeat everything I said on late Wednesday, early Thursday morning because the stupid anchor app didn't work. Back after this. Welcome back to the Amtelic TIS podcast. Switching gears now to the NFL, a couple of things that have taken place within the National Football League. I want to get off my chest. Uh, once again, then I have to repeat because the stupid people at Anchor don't know how to build a decent app properly. Um, and I heard this, and I've been hearing this on Twitter uh, the last, you know, within the last few days or so, and you know, with uh, Tom Brady and Salvador Perez, the catcher of the Kansas City Royals who lost the bet and had to wear a Tom Brady jersey during batting practice and 
said Mahomes is the best whatever, and Brady says, you know, actions speak louder than words, and Mahomes is like, we'll see in 20 years, blah, blah, blah. Let me just nip this in the bud already, you know, thank you for you people that are living on, you know, for the sake of you people that are, for whatever the reason, living on planet delusional. Um, Mahomes will never, let me make this abundantly clear, Patrick Mahomes never will, never has been, nor never will be the greatest quarterback of all time, okay? I had to get that out into the ether and let that be said and let that be known. Patrick Mahomes will never, ever, 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 ever be the greatest quarterback of all time for quite, for many simple reasons. For one, he has to win at the minimum seven Super Bowls and if not, and or beat Tom Brady in one of those seven to even be in the conversation of being the best quarterback of all time in the history of the National Football League. He has to win seven at the minimum. Not three, not, not, three, not four, not five, not six. Seven. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven. Seven Super Bowls from 2021 to the end of his career. That's our number one. And that's something that has not been done before Brady and won't be done most likely after Brady. This is the one this is a once in a lifetime thing that's 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 gonna happen. Just because Brady does it doesn't mean that every quarterback that you know that you know has Hall of Fame level worthy talent is all of a sudden, you know, going to be a threat to Brady as far as the greatest quarterback of all time. That's the first thing. That's I'm number one. That's the first reason. Second reason, is, and, and because of that, and because, and because of the fact that he has to win at the minimum seven, if, and, if not and or beat Brady a second time, is because of the fact that Mahomes is 0-2 against Brady when when the games have mattered, the 2018 NFC, or excuse me, the 2018 uh, AFC Championship game and this past Super Bowl. First half of the 2018 Championship game, he wasn't that good, played very well and was spectacular in the second half of that game. I understand that if D Ford lines up on sides, the Chiefs go to the Super Bowl and not the Patriots. I get all that, and it's not Mahomes' fault that the Chiefs' defense that night. Uh, was giving up third and longs, you know, Brady throwing seam passes down the middle of the field on third and longs to Edelman and Gronk, not, you know, all night long, every third and long, you t- every single time you turn out, every third and long that came up against the, uh, you know, was in the Patriots, that was, you know, that was in uh, the Chiefs' favor that the Patriots had to overcome the Chiefs were giving them first downs you know every single time you turn around and again it's not Mahomes' fault that the that the Chiefs defense allowed the Patriots to march down the field in in overtime on, on that opening and only possession in that overtime period and march down the field and score a touchdown and win the NFC excuse me to win the AFC championship game. I get that but but again but he did he did lose the braid that's the first thing. Second thing is, and this is where you can kill Mahomes, is again, in that Super Bowl, when you lose 31-9, to okay? 31-9, to as a matter of fact, let me look up, because if the Chiefs were actually favored to win the Super Bowl, I forget, it's been so, it's been so long ago, uh, which is, you know, hard to believe, February, you know, it's been so long ago, February, uh, who was favored in that game? Yeah, so when you, like I thought. So when the Chiefs in that game, ladies and gentlemen, to uh, refresh your memory, they were favored. They were favored by three. They were favored by three. Number one seed in the AFC, fourteen and two regular season record to the Buccaneers, eleven and five. Buccaneers were a wild card team and the fifth seed, and did not win their division. Chiefs won their division, got best seed 
and best record in the AFC and finished at 14 and 2 slash 14 and 1 because the second loss doesn't count because they were going because the Chargers were going up against backups in week 17 but that's not the end or there. When you're favored by 3, favored by 3, you've won three more games than your opponent regular season wise. You're the number one seed in your respective conference in the playoffs that year. And again, favored by three in the Super Bowl, and you already and you waxed the floor with them on a Thanksgiving weekend about a few months before, and you didn't even bother to score a single touchdown in the game as the league's high-scoring, high-flying offense. Can't hear goat. Mm-mm. I'm sorry, that's dead. I, I'm I'm sorry that. That 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 goat conversation died as soon as Brady, as soon as the clock hit triple zeros in Tampa on February seventh. Now I want to hear not another word and not a peep about no about no goat talk with Mahomes. I'm sorry when you, when you get not beat but embarrassed by Brady in the Super Bowl and your team fails to score a touchdown in the game. When all I heard about is Mahomes, this Mahomes, that. The almighty Mahomes. Mahomes can do so many things. Mahomes is this. Mahomes is that. And everyone and their mother thought this is going to be an all-time classic Super Bowl heading down to the wire. And all you could do, favored by three points in the Super Bowl, second straight back-to-back, is, is muster up nine lousy points and not even score a touchdown in the game. I can't hear goat talk. Please. If you lose if you lose to Brady in the Super Bowl, a la the way the Seahawks did in 2014, Lose by four points. Okay, fine. If you, you know, if you lose to Brady in the, if you lose to Brady in the Super Bowl, a la, uh, you know, Super Bowl Fifty Three, where you know you lose by ten points in a closely contested football game, a la Patriots Rams. All right, fine, whatever. You lose to Brady like the Panthers did and the Rams did. It coming down to a field goal at the gun at the final at the. Uh, at the final buzzer in the fourth quarter, okay, fine. But when you get your behinds kicked and you get embarrassed and Mahomes included did not show up in that Super Bowl, I can't sit up here and listen to Mahomes being the quote-unquote goat to, to take Brady's throne after that disgraceful performance. They did, not get, they did not get beat. They got embarrassed and humiliated in front of about 95 million people and about 20,000 in Raymond James Stadium that night. They were embarrassed. Embarrassed. The worst of all. It's no secret why. It's no secret. It's no coincidence. And this is not hype. And it wasn't hyperbole. When you go back and you look at the stat sheet and you look back and you see this is the worst loss in the Patrick Mahomes-led Chiefs era. Since Mahomes has been quarterback, since Mahomes has been the starting quarterback for the team, that's the worst loss they've ever taken as a team with him at the helm. It's not hyperbole; it's the truth. And when you don't fail to show, when your offense fails to show up, when Mahomes again I, 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 wets the bed like a like a sad puppy in the Super Bowl, in the Super Bowl, second straight in a row, and it wasn't like he was essentially. Uh, and it wasn't like he was Brady, you know, in the Super Bowl against uh, San Francisco the year before. Damian Williams should have won that. Should have won that MVP, not him. Very average performance 
in the Super Bowl once they won against San Francisco the year before. And he comes back the next year and he pees in his pants, for lack of a better term. So granted, he's a, he's a Super Bowl champion and a two-time AFC champion going to back-to-back Super Bowls a la Russell Wilson and a la, you know, back-to-back years a la Russell Wilson's and many uh, great quarterbacks of the NFL's uh, past. But when you play average in your first game and you vomit on yourself in the second and get embarrassed don't even bother to score a touchdown, you, you cannot under any circumstances be be in the talks of any kind of being greatest of all time. You can't. I'm sorry, you can't. Again, Brady has seven. Seven. And Mahomes has to at least get seven if not and or beat Brady again in the Super Bowl between now and whatever it might be, because it ain't like I understand Brady wants to play for as long as he possibly can, but Tom Brady isn't going to be playing football by the time, you know, by the time Brady's 53 years of age. He'll, he'll, he'll be, he'll, I put it like this. He'll be, he'll be done by the, he'll be done by the time I'm at the, at the maximum. He'll be done by the time my uh, second or third year out of college, Brady should be done playing football. By the time I have my college diploma, Brady's career will be wrapping up. That I, that I promise you. You know, I understand that, you know, he, you know I understand. And then, listen, no one's been hooked on the TB12 uh, stuff more than yours truly for the last whatever it might be. But uh, but he can't, he can't play forever. Tom Brady's going to be, you know, 60-something years old playing, you know, starting quarterback for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. I'm sorry. Either eventually, you know, either he'll have a, a career-ending injury, you know, he'll go out on top and decide, you know what, I've, I've, I've had enough. I want to spend some time with my family, be a family man, you know, whatever it might be. Eventually, Brady's going to stop playing football. And considering he'll be 44 this August by the time the next season starts, whether Brady realizes it or not, his career is uh, is uh, way way deep into the back nine of his uh, of his uh, illustrious NFL career. Mahomes is still sitting. Mahomes is on the third is on the third tee box. Brady is somewhere in between holes uh, fifteen and eighteen. Mahomes is teeing up on the third tee box ready for a par five. And again, if Brady makes it between now and the time he retires, what's the guarantee that Mahomes makes it back there again to 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 uh, to go up against him? We well, you know it's happened before when the Bills and the Cowboys played each other back to back in the in the early nineties, but. Well, what are the chances of them playing each other again? You know, in Super Bowl Fifty Six in Los Angeles, what are the odds of that happening again? It's not a guarantee that the next time Mahomes gets back to the Super Bowl, Brady will his will be his opponent. And it's no guarantee that when Brady makes it back to the Super Bowl, Mahomes will be his opponent. So I I I, I can't hear the goat talk. And again, one thing that put Brady and Belichick in an ideal perfect position with their dynasty in New England is because, again, you can look it up when, you know, Andy Reid and Bill Belichick are about six years apart in age 
Andy Reid, I think, is six years younger than Belichick. Belichick's 69. Andy Reid's about 62, 63 years of age. Andy Reid, prior to Mahomes getting there, had already had his, for better or for worse, had already built and had established at that point in time his legacy as an NFL head coach for what he did with Alex Smith when he got to Kansas City, finding success there, finding regular season success there, and getting to the Eagles to all those AFC, excuse me, all those NFC championship games and that Super Bowl appearance with Donovan McNabb. He had already cemented himself as an NFL head coach before Mahomes even got there. Mahomes just happened to fall into his lap and Andy Reid, again, is on the back nine of his coaching career and is looking to ride off into the sunset after years of playoff futility. Belichick, on the other hand, was better was better known prior to Brady getting there as, as Bill Parcells' right-hand man defensive coordinator who drew up game plans to stop, for example, the Buffalo Bills' K-Gun offense in Super Bowl twenty-five in the 1990 season. And a two-time Super Bowl champion as Parcells' assistant with the Giants. And being the only and being the only coach uh, and being the only coach uh, prior to, of course, uh, Kevin Stefanski being the uh, last coach to uh, uh, him and Butch Davis. You know, Butch Davis had a little bit had a little uh, moments of glory in in the early two thousands, but in the late nineties, early two, well, not early two thousands, a little bit for a point in time, Cleveland was a decent team, made the playoffs, crazy, but but you get the idea. Winning Super Bowls with the Giants and looks and being what we what people thought of would have been, or being what people would have thought to have been the Brown savior post my post the Marty Schottenheimer era, God rest his soul, of bringing the Browns back to an NFL powerhouse until Art Modell knocked on the door and decided to move the team back to Baltimore. When. Bill Belichick was the Browns' uh, last coach before they moved but never moved, essentially. He, 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 was there, he, was, he was the Browns' last coach before they moved to Baltimore and became the Ravens. That's what Belichick is known for. And, and another thing, and a lot of people don't realize this too, Belichick, is, he, Belichick was young when Brady got there. Belichick was in his Late forties, late er, was in his mid late forties, just getting started. Young buck. Mid late forty, uh, uh, mid late forties, early fifties when his coaching career was getting started with New England. When when you know at at the start of their dynasty, Andy Reid is in his sixties, and with all due respect to Andy, I love Andy Reid. You know, he lovable character, big red because he kind of fits that Santa Claus little you know persona about him, but Andy Reid's in his 60s and him having that big belly and his love of cheeseburgers you know it's, 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 gonna, it's gonna come bite to bite him, it's gonna come back to bite him eventually, I hate to say that but, it, but it's, it's, I'm telling it like it is, it's, it's the truth he's, he's old enough as, he's old enough as it is and who knows about the state of his health and the situation with his son and everything else. He might not be coaching in the NFL for too much longer. Andy Reid had more, at this point in time with Andy Reid and Mahomes, Andy Reid has more of his career behind him 
than he was in front of him. Belichick and Brady, Belichick was just getting started and was there as long as Brady was there. And Belichick is about six, is about five, six years older than Andy Reid and is on the back nine of his career. Just because Andy Reid has Patrick Mahomes, that doesn't mean that, 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 you know, that he's just getting started coaching. Because you can't be standing patrolling the sidelines, you know, of an NFL, of a, you know, as an NFL team in your 70s, unless you're Marv Levy in your 70s. You're not, you're not going to be able to do it. It's just, it's just, the, it's just the way it is. I'm sorry, but Mahomes will never be the goat. I had to get that off my chest. That's item number one in the segment. Item number two is that the Bengals unveil new uniforms. I'm not going to go through the details like I did on Wednesday, which nobody heard, you know, to bore you. But all I got to say is that if you think the new Bengal uniforms are similar to their old ones, you need your eyes checked. You need your head examined. You don't pay that much attention to detail, and you haven't watched that many Bengals games because they are clean, fresh, revamped, nice, solid, clean uniforms. I like them. I like them a lot. If you ask me what my favorite ones are, it's the white on white, the black on black, and either the orange jersey with any combination of the pants. The white, the white and orange striped pants or the black pants with the black and orange stripes on the side. And then of course the white the new road jersey which is you know which is borrowed from the old is which is borrowed from the color rush. That that jersey with the white pants and the white on black stripes down the middle. Those are my favorites. And of course the black home jersey with the black orange and black striking on down the middle. They got rid of that white side panel, which was nasty looking. They got rid of the little white at the top of the uh, stripe pattern on the side of the pants. They got rid of the two color uh, pattern on the sleeve, which I like. They cut that, that. They just kept it simple. The sleeve all one color. So on the white jersey, it's white sleeve, black stripes. And then on orange jersey, it's orange sleeve, black stripes. And on the black jersey, black sleeve, orange stripes. They remove the B and put the word mark bangle on the chest in, be play in between the number and the NFL logo on the, uh, on the collar. They simplified the name tag. They got rid of that shadow design with the numbers, which I like. And they just simplified it and they made it sleek. And I like it. Like them a lot. Love them a lot. And if you all want to send yours truly a jersey, I'm a, you know, an adult large, adult extra large, doesn't matter which. And hit up your boy in the DMs on Twitter and Instagram at the J Shield if you want to gift yours truly with a nice uh, little something-something. Uh, New, new Stripes Bengals jersey, which was released on Monday. My birthday is May the 29th, a month and five days away. So, you want to do something nice for yours truly? There you go. Um, that's the second thing. Third thing, real quick, I as far as who I think the Bengals should draft in the draft is this Thursday. I'll be on top of. I will be all. I will be on top of it on Wednesday. Um, for you guys. Um, the Bengals should draft Panay Sewell, the tackle, out of uh, Oregon for simple reasons. I don't trust taking wide receivers high in the draft. 
I don't trust the I don't trust the Bengals in, in taking care of the offensive line in the later rounds. I it's just some I just don't trust that front office entirely, you know, to, to make the right moves and right and to make the right decisions. I don't like like I said, I don't like taking wide receivers high in the first round. That's just not not my thing. I just I just I just don't like doing it. And I especially don't like doing it after Burrow tore his ACL the way he did against Washington last November. I said it before, said it a hundred thousand times, and I'll say it again until I'm blue in the face. Burrow is the Burrow is the franchise. Burrow is their most valuable, their most prized possession. He is their most valuable asset. You gotta get insurance for it, and you got to protect it. Because if you don't, it will you will wear it out and this expiration date will be sooner than it may appear. Or, what I really don't want that should be nine times worse is you piss him off and he forces his way out of town, hating the organization and cursing the organization under his breath on his way out the door, which is, which is just as bad as his career getting cut short due to injury. If you don't, Cut the foolishness, cut the crap, wake up, smell the coffee, and and take care of them as you should. I want the offensive linemen. The wide receivers will the wide receivers will, will come and go. I understand they had a nice little connection with Chase at LSU, but still, I eh, it's just take the offensive linemen and don't overthink it and don't fall for the smoke and mirrors and the eye candy. That's how I look at it. That's the uh, third thing. The fourth thing is the Baltimore Ravens and their GM, Eric DaCosta, who, listen, he makes more money than me, and there's a reason why he is in this position and I'm not, but I am awfully concerned for the Baltimore Ravens as far as their roster and their chances of winning a championship in 2021 is concerned, and more importantly, on the shoulders of Eric DaCosta, the GM. I mean, he came out and he said on April the 19th that he is insulted with the criticism of the Ravens' team-wide receivers, which, and after I read that headline, I'm like, Eric DaCosta needs to be freaking drug-tested. Insulted. The, the fans are discontent, and the national media gets on you every single time you turn around, and rightfully so, because the Ravens, okay, because your Ravens, Eric, were last in the league in passing yards, which goes hand-in-hand with Lamar and with your receivers. Last in the league. Last. Teams that didn't even sniff the playoffs had had better passing games than you all did. The Detroit Detroit Lions, for a perfect example. The San Francisco 49ers, for a perfect example. The Jacksonville Jaguars, for a perfect example. The Atlanta Falcons, for a perfect example had better passing games than the Baltimore Ravens did. Ravens finished dead last in the league in passing offense in 2020. Dead last. In today's NFL, that is not a good recipe for championships and winning Super Bowls. I'm sorry. I don't care if the costing is offended or insulted by it. Careless. The fact of the matter of it is that your receiving core is possibly the weakest, if not the worst, prior to Sammy Watkins signing, of course, but is one of the worst receiving corps in the in your division, and if not in the AFC. 
It's not good. Is it better than Boyd and Higgins? No. Is it better than uh, Is it better than Jarvis Landry Odell? No. Is it better than than hell even Claypool and Juju? Eh, probably not either. The receiving core needs work, and you need to listen to your fan base and listen to what the people in within the media are saying because there's plenty of truth to it. The devil is in the details, and the details are you as an offense, 171 passing yards, which go hand in hand with quarterback wide receiver. You are one of the worst offenses as far as passing and receiving numbers are concerned in the league last year. The worst of the worst. Bottom of the barrel. You're smoking something. You need to be drug tested if you think otherwise, Eric. Because I and I hate to piss on your bonfire, but and I understand that you will have like a run a uh, Lamar running centric offense as far as the triple option and the read option and Lamar and your running game and everything and your run heavy offense. I hate to break it to you. I hate to piss on your bonfire, but Marquise Brown, Willie Sneed, who you let go, um, and God knows what, what other scrubs you had you had in your receiving court, Devin Duvernay, they they aren't they are not going to cut it, especially in the playoffs in the big spot where you, where your quarterback needs to needs to needs to do something. Because we get in those situations where Lamar has to beat you with his arm, you don't want him to you don't want him to make plays and have to make throws to receivers that he doesn't entirely trust to make big-time catches in a big spot. Marquise Brown, okay, he'll make a nice catch for you here and there. But you shouldn't hang your, but you shouldn't hang your hat on Marquise Brown, on a Marquise Brown or a Sammy Watkins. You need a number one bona fide wide receiver that when he lines up against his defensive back that he's going up against, their opponent, your opponents shake you in their boots. The defensive back coach, the defensive coordinators, the defensive backs are like, Ugh, going up against this guy on Sunday could, you know, might be a little difficult. You need those guys. Those guys. You know, Ravens, do you know how y'all got when the Bengals were, you know, when the Bengals were were competitive in the, in the days of any Dalton and A.J. Green? Remember, remember how y'all would get very uneasy if the Bengals had the ball with uh, with about 50 seconds left at their, you know, at, at the Ravens' 30-yard line? I'm just making this up as, you know, as an example. If the Bengals had the ball with about a timeout or so left, down by less than seven points, they had the ball with about a minute and ch- a minute or so less than that left in the game. Remember how y'all would feel uneven? You'd, you'd feel queasy. You'd feel nervous. You'd feel anxious. You'd feel on edge because you knew that the, the Bengals had wide receivers that knew that had the ability to make plays in the big time moments when when the lights shine the brightest in crunch time. You know how you remember how that felt. A.J. Green, many a time, many a game. Tyler Boyd, 4th and 12th, 2017. You know how that felt? You all need to make your your opponents feel the same way. And it's nice and cute regular season. Okay, fine. Playoffs. 
playoffs, where it comes down to. Lamar is one and two in the playoffs. You don't want that. You you want that to get better, don't you? Not worse. You want to get a championship while you still have him on the cheap. Believe me. You need that wide receiver that's going to strike fear and anxiety into your opponents and their fan base. And the Ravens haven't had that in quite some time. And they have not drafted a Pro Bowl wide receiver since the franchise beginnings in 1996. They need that to take them over the top. And Eric DaCosta ignoring it, digging his heels in, or saying to the media that he's insulted by it is not helping your cause. It's making it worse. You need to acknowledge the problem and fix it quick, fast, and in a hurry if you all want to win anything. And don't let it begin and end with Sammy Watkins. Find Antonio Bryant if you want to bring him in. Get him. Get Larry Fitzgerald. A wide receiver who's got some veteran presence. In the future years, draft a big-time wide receiver. The, Ra- the Ravens, I'll tell you this, if the Ravens were, had, the Bengals, had the Bengals pick fifth, fifth pick in the draft, they need, if, the, if the Ravens had the Bengals pick in this year's draft on Thursday, they, they would be the ones that need to be all over Jamar Chase, Devonta Smith, because they need that wide receiver in the worst way imaginable. Lord knows they need one. Because when the chips are down and when Lamar has to make a play with his arm, he's got to rely on at least a receiver or two. And when he chucks the ball down the field, he's going to do all he can to bring that ball down with him and keep the drives alive and to keep the Ravens in the game. You're floating in dangerous waters when when the going gets tough and the Ra- and Lamar Jackson has to chuck the ball 50 yards downfield to Devin Duvernay and, and Hollywood Brown. I got to be honest. I hope he knows what he's doing when he traded Orlando Brown in Kansas City for a second round pick and, and a, uh, you know, and gave Orlando Brown in Kansas City for a second round pick and a sixth round pick in 2022. I understand you get Kansas City's, you get two first-round draft picks, you get yours and you get Kansas City's, and you get the uh, Kansas City's third and fourth-round picks for this year and Kansas City's fifth-round pick in 2022, but I, I sure hope DaCosta knows what he's doing because if, because if he doesn't, it's going it's gonna, it's gonna, it's gonna to come back to bite him. It is going to come back to bite him. Real quick, 2021 rules. Um, no overtime in the preseason if you care. Um, uh, let's see. Anything. Replay official and designated members of the officiating department can provide certain objective inf- information to the on-field officials. Um, let's see. And jersey numbers um, for certain positions, so like linebackers and wide res- linebackers and wide receivers and running backs can wear single digits, which Brady uh, made sure he t- he uh, told us about. 
Um, not any, not anything big, not anything major, but um, your little minor twenty twenty one rule changes for the twenty twenty one NFL season. Um, as far as the numbers are concerned, I, I you know I'm an old school guy. Um, I understand that they wear them in college. I'm an old school guy. I wouldn't have changed it myself. But I get Brady's frustration, you know, you know, because, you know, when they go to, you know, Mike 52, Mike 52, Mike 57, Mike 50, and it's going to take a and then a lot of that's muscle memory and a lot of late night studying the playbook and film and everything else. And now you got to go Mike 5, Mike 5. It's going to be a little weird. So I get where Brady's coming from. I could care less one way or the other. If it was up to me, I'd keep it the way it is. It ain't, it ain't that... This isn't going to make that that big of a difference for me, and especially when a lot of these players found out that they got to pay, that they got to pay the extra freight. You know, they got to essentially buy out the rest of the uh, jerseys with their original number on them in order for them to change to their uh, single digit number. A lot of the players are thinking twice about going back to that single digit college number rather than uh, keeping and maintaining what their uh, double-digit NFL number. But that's the way it is. And the schedule will release on May the 12th. That is a Wednesday, which will be a show day for you. Surely I will be all over the 2021 NFL schedule on May the 12th. So there you go. It was about 35 minutes and change of uh, content for y'all as far as the NFL is concerned that vanished on your favorite host on Wednesday. Take a break. Just get to some NBA items coming up right after this. Welcome back to the Amatelica TIS podcast. Switching gears now to the National Basketball Association for a quick moment to get a couple of things out on the board here uh, here on this uh, weekend program. Uh, Anthony Davis has returned from injury for, for the Los Angeles Lakers. Um, he returned on Thursday against the Dallas Mavericks on, against the Dallas Mavericks on the 22nd, only played 17 minutes. Scored four points, four rebounds for the Lakers in their loss against Dallas on Thursday. Two days later, they played tonight against Dallas in Dallas, a back-to-back with the off day on Friday in between. Mavs uh, took care of the Lakers 108-93 tonight. And in Anthony Davis' second game back, his minutes was up compared to two nights ago by 11. He uh, was out on the court for 28 minutes, 17 points, three rebounds for the Lakers as he is slowly but surely working his way back into the regular rotation for the Los Angeles Lakers. If you go ahead and you look at the uh, if you go ahead and you look at the uh, Western Conference standings as far as the Los Angeles Lakers are concerned, you can uh, you can look and you can see that if the playoffs were to end. Uh, that if the playoffs were to end today, though, or excuse me, if the regular season were to end today, 
Uh, Lakers would go up against fourth seeded Denver. Lakers would be the five seed at thirty five and twenty five, going up against the fourth seed Denver Nuggets at thirty eight and twenty one. Those two teams, the four and the five, would meet up in the first round in the Western Conference best best to seven. Uh, if the playoffs were to start today, as far as the standings are concerned, in the with between uh, or excuse me. Uh, within each conference, like I said, Lakers number five, Dallas is the six. Uh, Dallas trails by the way. They beat the Lakers in two games, which is you know if Dallas wants to get that fifth seed, it's all the more important that they do so because they took him against the Lakers on Thursday and Saturday night. They are a game and a half back of the fifth seed uh, with the Lakers. They are five games back of Denver for the fourth seed. And uh, eight and a, uh, seven and a half games back of uh, and seven and a half games back of the Clippers. Uh, Dallas is for uh, for seed number three. The Lakers are currently seven games out. Uh, are currently seven games out of the third uh, spot with the Clippers. Uh, four and a half out between them and Denver for the four. Uh, eight get eight or no, uh, seven and a half out, um, for uh, the two seeded Phoenix Suns, which is one of the more shocking and surprising stories in the NBA, who have won seven out of the last ten, and who are uh, twenty three and nine at home, who are twenty three and nine at home, and uh, have a conference record of twenty four and ten. Uh, the Phoenix Suns in second in the West, and then Utah Jazz 44 and 16, first place in the Western Conference. They hold the number one spot in the conference with a 21 and 10 conference record, five and three within the division, 26 and four at home in Salt Lake City, uh, winning six out of the last uh, 10 games. That's that's where you stand as far as Utah is concerned. If you care about the division, I could go by I could go by division for you. Um, as far as the Pacific Division is concerned, the Lakers are seven and a half games out of the first place Phoenix Suns, and uh, and seven games back of the second place LA Clippers, who are right now at forty three and nineteen. Lakers lose two straight, fall to thirty five and twenty five as they try to get uh, as they try to get Anthony Davis back into the mix. James Harden will miss some time, and the Nets might keep him sidelined until the playoffs with a hamstring injury, while Kevin Durant may may return from his injury as soon as uh, as soon as Sunday. He is listed as probable to play against Phoenix on Sunday. Both, you know, eventually Brooklyn is going to need Anthony Day, not Anthony Davis, is going to need Kevin Durant, James Harden. And uh, what's his face? Kyrie Irving to play all together because they cannot win a championship under any circumstances. I don't care how good their regular season is, and I could, and I don't care how good uh, those, and I don't care how good uh, KD, Kyrie, and uh, James Harden are individually and in what they've done in 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 you know in their uh, late not later but in their career in their past with separate teams. If they can't find a way to gel together as the threesome that they were, you know, fantasized and, and architected and uh, architect, if that's a word, so be it, just go with it, to be uh, if they aren't playing together on the floor at the same time. You know, game of basketball, especially with those three guys who love to have the ball in their hands so much and two point guards and Kyrie and James Harden who love to run the ISO, you know. 
they they got they got to have the flow. They got to have the team chemistry together, and they all got to be on the same page. And eventually, in this regular season, you know, the playoffs start uh, mid late May, so they not, they do not have that much time left before you got to get down to the nitty gritty and got to start you know. You know, not blowing off games because of load management and taking nights off. This when this is when the rubber meets the road. Now coming down the stretch here in the regular season, heading into the playoff time, and you know those three have got to play some games consistently on a night in night out basis. No Kyrie Irving duping because of going to birthday parties and taking uh, days off because he feels like it. No Kevin Durant load managing because the Nets want to bait him and. And, you know, James Harden, who shows up every night, give him credit, but, you know, his hamstring got to be healed up in time for in time for the playoffs because, uh, you know, because they got they got to gel together and they got to prove to people like me who think that the Brooklyn Nets will not come out of the East and go to the NBA Finals. They got to prove to people like me that I'm wrong and that they indeed, when the rubber, rubber meets the road, that those three can gel together and put together a solid performance on the basketball court for 48 minutes on a night and night out on a night and night out basis and you know know how to uh, grind out games you know when they you know when their opponent um takes them deep into the uh takes them deep into the night so to speak the nets are 40 and 20 they are a game a game above philadelphia for number 1 spot in the eastern conference and two and a half up of the milwaukee bucks who are sitting at 37 and 22 in the eastern in the eastern conference and, and if you can believe it is six and a half games up on the New York Knicks, who have won, who are, who have been on an absolutely incredible winning streak, winning nine games in a row, nine of their last ten, twenty-one and ten at Madison Square Garden. They're three and one in overtime, um, and have a conference record of twenty-two and seventeen. They are at thirty-four and twenty-seven for the five-fifty-seven winning percentage. Six and a half games out of their uh, in New York City rival Brooklyn Nets for number one spot in the Eastern Conference. And if they stick to it, and if they, you know, and if they stay the course, you will see the New York Knicks finally, after all these years of futility and being a city and a league laughing stock make the playoffs and, and and contribute something positive to the NBA landscape from the New York Knicks perspective. With James Dolan getting soft and James Dolan and his issues and kicking Spike Lee out and getting into pissing matches with Charles Oakley and everything else, you know, and not inviting Marv Albert to the, re, you know, to the 70 Knicks reunion and everything. They, they will finally, looks like the Knicks will finally uh, uh, overcome all of that and if they stay the course and just keep winning games as much as they possibly can and, you know, increase this win streak to 20, 25, as long as they can keep this win streak going to get themselves into a best-of-seven playoff series, the better off the New York Knicks will be. And if you're a New York Knicks fan, you should be happy. You should be ecstatic. You should be bouncing off the freaking walls. Now, if you're a Knicks and a Yankee fan, it's kind of half and it's kind of half and half. You know, it took the Knicks this long to be competitive and to start being in the thick of things as far as the postseason is concerned. And the Yankees, and the, you know, prior to a few nights ago, had had their work. Well, you know, there's still quite a few games under 500. But while they were losing games left and right, you know, as 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 more as recent as Wednesday, 
you know, they were off to their worst start since 1995 as far as, you know, regular season performances is concerned as far as the New York Yankees. And then their basketball team in New York Knicks, who are better off of being a league laughingstock and being the butt of the joke and being uh, Stephen A. Smith's uh, primary source of high blood pressure, have finally turned things around and gotten on the winning track. So you got to feel good for the New York Knicks and their fan base. And, you know, Stephen A. Smith included. And it's like LeBron James said, and again, didn't go to New York, hasn't played in New York yet to our knowledge, but has said, you know, said on Twitter a few days ago, the NBA, the, the NBA is better off and the NBA is in a better state when the New York Knicks are good and when the New York Knicks are competitive. And I 1,000% agree. The league is better when their teams and their big markets that got a lot of history, you know, the Lakers, the Nets, they're better off or not the Nets, but the Lakers, the Knicks, uh, 76ers, you know, uh, you know, of course they got they got some they got some history behind that franchise too, that that franchise too. The league is better off when their teams, especially in the two markets, LA and the LA and New York, who live in the two cities that live and die by NBA basketball, they're better off when all four of those teams, two in LA and two and two and the two in New York are, you know, are playing winning basketball. And the Nets and the Knicks are in the East, and the Lakers and the Clippers are in the West. And the league is better for it when the New York Knicks, who, again, have that aura and cachet about them that the, that the uh, you know, that the Brooklyn Nets don't have, despite as many uh, superstars that they have on the team, the league is better for it and is better off for the New York Knicks are playing good basketball. Didn't plan to talk about the Knicks this segment, but they've been on absolute roll. They deserve my time and attention. I've gotten on them enough for all the wrong reasons in years past. We give the New York Knicks some love. Talk about James Harden and Kevin Durant and the injury and the situation with the Nets. And, and uh, Anthony Davis coming back from injury for the Los Angeles Lakers. Take a break. Come back to wrap things up. This is the Amatella Cotelius Podcast with Jai Shields. Welcome back to the Amatelic TIS podcast. Haven't heard that song in a while. Good we hear our uh, our main man, Robin Thicke, provide us uh, some of his uh, talents coming out of the break. But um, real quick to close out the show, and again, thank you all for listening and for your patience. This has been a week since the last episode, but let's get a couple things on the board here right quick before we say goodbye. 
uh, I got vaccinated on late Monday. I got vaccinated Monday night. Didn't plan to get vaccinated on Monday. Didn't plan to get, didn't think heading into last week that I was going to get vaccinated, but I did. A spot open, you know, uh, my, uh, you know, I, my, uh, I got family members that work in a hospital and Maryland had came out, you know, a week before. So don't sit up here and fit. Well, like, yeah, button in line. No, I'm not because state opened up vaccinations for everyone in the state of Maryland, 16 and over. So I'm not button in line. I just happened to take advantage of the fact that, that I got a family member who works, who works in the medical field. You know, that could make a phone call and got yours truly a vaccination that, that reserved yours truly a vaccination. That's all it is. Not doing anything illegal, not breaking any laws. Get off, get off my uh, case. Um, but I got it on, I got it on uh, Monday evening um, at, at the uh, local, at the farmers, at the local pharmacy that's on East 33rd Street, which is right that, which is right around the corner from where uh, old Memorial Stadium used to be, the old gray-haired lady, as they called it, that played home to Unitas and, and Raymond Berry and and and, uh, and, and Ted March, Marsha Broda and, and all the classic Colt teams from the 50s and 60s and even the early 70s as they won the Super Bowl back in 1970. Back in the day, the Baltimore Colts and, of course, my beloved Baltimore Orioles, the uh, you know, three... Time World Series champions in 66, 70, and 83, and then made it to World Series in 69, 71, and 79, along with, along with 66, 70, and 83, um, uh, in which, uh, you know, so they've been to six in that, they went to six World Series, won three of them in that, in that time, they were in that ballpark, um, heard many of stories about, about the, about the stadium, Still wish I could go back in time and, and actually physically experience and witness what it was like to watch a ball game in that stadium in a totally different environment from which I'm used to. You know, Oriole Park at Camden Yards is right downtown and is in downtown Baltimore in the thick of downtown of the of that downtown city life in that in that in that uh, in that environment while while Memorial Stadium was in the city, but Baltimore being the largest independent city, you know, Baltimore is not is not a part of a county, folks. It's not like Chicago in the middle of Cook County, anything like that, or 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 Los Angeles, a part of L.A. County slash Orange County. No, 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 no. Baltimore is it? It's it, when you go look at the map of the state of Baltimore and you see and you see and you see a county that's cut out in in the middle of the state. And then you see, and then you see a little box that's inside that little, um, that little trap, that little, uh, little uh, weird trapezoidal looking shape, that that little square that's on the water. That's that that little square is the city of Baltimore, largest independent city in the country. It's not a part of a county. It's I mean it's it's within a county. But it's not a part of the county. Baltimore City is separate from Baltimore County. Baltimore County is what outlines that little square. The little that little square on the water is the city of Baltimore, and within that little square, you got many neighborhoods in which uh, Memorial Stadium was in like a regular residential. Was literally in the was. You know, like it was back in the old days. It was in the middle of a residential neighborhood. You had, you know, it had residencies. You had people houses, 
restaurants, shops, stores, everything else, and they and they and they had a and they had a baseball stadium right in the middle of it. And what I uh, but I'm getting off the beaten path. I had it right around the corner from where the old Memorial Stadium used to be here in Baltimore. I also had um so and that that was the Moderna. In case you're wondering, I got the Moderna. Um, and I get my second shot, and I'll be fully vaccinated by the 17th of May. Moderna, I, I believe, is the sh- is you know uh, Pfizer. You gotta wait two, three weeks. Moderna, you gotta wait a full month um, to get the second shot. All I had was 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 a soreness in my left shoulder, which is where I got stuck in my left shoulder where I got the shot. Low soreness for about a day and a half. Um, nothing too crazy, nothing too drastic, no aches, no pains, no chills, no fevers, nothing like that. So yours truly was in perfect shape as far as that. So you don't have to, you don't have to worry. Get the second shot on the 17th. And if you haven't already, folks, do yourself and do humanity a favor. Cut the BS and, and get and get the shot. Painless, effortless, in and out, you'll be fine. Um, and then the second thing I want to address to kind of to close out the show today is the fact that thank the good Lord Jesus Christ and thank God at the same time, uh, you know, both of them go hand in hand, but thank God that Derek Chauvin, the monster that took the life of George Floyd in front of our very eyes last May was uh, found guilty of second degree murder third-degree murder, and second-degree manslaughter, guilty on all three counts, and will spend a significant amount of time in jail. The sentencing won't come, I believe, until August. His uh, three accomplices, uh, his three his three accomplice, uh, accomplicing officers that, uh, that did nothing, that, you know, that were a part of the, uh, that sat, that essentially stood there and allowed him to kill George Floyd, they will be on trial very shortly, but the fist, but the man, the the actual human being that whose knee was on Floyd's neck with all of his body weight, will be thrown in jail for the foreseeable future. Thank God, the jury and and you know the jury and the judge and the court system went 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 in the proper way for once. Um, I'm like I say what a lot of other people have said. This is it's not more or less justice. This is a this is accountability. On the fact that simply uh, cops in this country cannot go around thinking that just because they have a gun and a badge that they have the right to take people's lives for the hell of it and, f- and, f- and for sport. And and they do, and just because they have a gun and a badge, they do not own people. They do not control people. They do not essentially control whether or not people... In, I mean, they do in theory because because it has that responsibility. But just because you have the gun and a badge doesn't mean you get you have the right... To kill people for unjust reasons, a la in George Floyd's case, at the counter for $20 bill, especially in the inhumane way as he did in having a knee on his neck for now that we learned instead of 846, 8 minutes and 46 seconds, 9 minutes and 23 seconds. So, this is this, we don't, a lot of people have not really looked at this from as far as justice. From a justice standpoint, I mean, their justice has been served, but we, people, a lot of people, and me being one of them, have kind of looked at this from a standpoint of accountability, of looking at it as the fact that now that now you police officers in this country know that you can't just 
kill a man, especially as gruesome and as disgusting and despicable and inhumane as George Floyd was killed and expect to get away with it. Especially if it's caught on video for the entire world. Not country, not state, not city, but world to see. You can't get away with it. And I hope that th that um, that this trial and the results of it and this whole uh, and this whole debacle with Derek Chauvin has uh, woken some people up, has shaken them awake a little bit and will keep them awake and will set president to precedent, excuse me, to every officer, a la Kim Potter, who I screamed and yelled about last Saturday, who decides to you know take it upon her own liberty to uh to uh unjustly and wrongfully kill um kill unarmed black men and black people and and uh, you know and kill minorities uh in this country uh, by the hands of the police over uh unjust uh over minor crimes slash misdemeanors or for uh no re or for simply put no reason whatsoever so hopefully this sets a precedent that a lot of these officers around this country that have, you know, that have like a shady past that that may be doing things that Chauvin has done in his uh, policing career uh, behind closed doors. Hopefully, th hopefully this trial will shine the light on the filth will help and these police departments all over America will speak up, speak out and put a stop to this nonsense and and better and, and police the and police within the police department and police themselves better before they go around and start policing and policing the civilians and maybe just maybe the the public, especially black people, at some point in my lifetime will begin to trust the police with a quarter of an ounce of how white people, a lot of them, not most of them, but a lot of them, can trust the police. Maybe in my lifetime, my people can get a quarter, can feel a quarter, just a quarter of what that feels like, of getting pulled over and not having to essentially be petrified at the fact that, you know, seeing that the last thing you'll ever see is a police officer with his gun drawn towards you with, with a police, with a police car flashing red and blue lights in your face, you know, and, and that be the last thing you see before you, you know, before you leave this earth, so... Chauvin deserved what he got a thousand percent. If you disagree with it, if you think otherwise, you're a sick human being. Um, but thank God he's put away accountability, not just justice, but accountability. Hopefully this sets a president and puts it and puts an end and begins the long war and begins the long road. But hopefully we'll be victorious on the other side of truly extinguishing systematic racism and oppression and police brutality against minorities in this country. But that is your show and that is another episode of the Amatelic Italia's podcast in the books. We got the draft next Thursday or this upcoming Thursday. I'll be all over for you on Wednesday plus some other Things within the sports world I'll give my mind on. Follow me on Twitter and Instagram at the J Shield. Follow the show on Instagram at Amatel underscore podcast and show on Twitter at Amatel underscore it is. It's your boy Josh Shields. Talk to you on Wednesday. Y'all stay safe and y'all take care. Get vaccinated. See ya.